0: Hello, and welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast, where we'll speak with Arizona's most successful real estate professionals to better understand their business, current market conditions, team and business building strategies, successes, and challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Dwell Inspect Arizona with your host, Sean Garvey.
1: Welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Jonah Jaffe with the Jaffe Group at Launch Real Estate. Uh Jonah, thank you so much for the time today i'm I'm super excited to have you on. thanks for having me absolutely uh Jonah um let's see you how long have you been in real estate
2: um and i go ahead. got my license i went full time April of two thousand nineteen but it's been something I've been pretty much doing my entire life. The area I sell i grew up in before I got into residential. I was doing commercial a little bit and I interned in high school and college, and it's, it's really been ingrained in me since I was a young kid.
1: Yeah, in reality, I, I expect you to say, you know, since you were born, um, you, you know, <laughs> you've certainly been born into um, a really notable real estate family uh, in the, the Phoenix, and especially, uh, you know, the Arcadia market as well. Um, so, you know, when your dad's been showing homes, you've probably been tagging along with them too.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun that way. I mean, I get to talk about the schools that I actually went to. Yeah. You know, when we're selling houses to people and they ask me questions, I can, I'm not just saying things, it's come from personal experience and it's a neighborhood and an area that I, I love and I live in now with my wife and it's it's been really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys aren't specifically uh, niched into that area. You you do, definitely do travel the entire to Phoenix Market. Um, but I mean, it, it I would have to say that Arcadia seems to be your true passion uh, through the greater Phoenix area.
2: Yeah, I would say the areas that we really hit on as a group are the Biltmore, Arcadia, and Paradise Valley. Um, yeah, Arcadia, including the Arcadia light area. Um, but my dad has been selling Arcadia for 35 years. So that really is our bread and butter. I mean, he sold like one of the original homes for a million dollars, the first house for a million dollars, <laughs> which now seems like a crazy thought, but at the time it's like a million bucks. and Yeah. I mean, they bought their first house in Arcadia, I believe, for just under $250,000, something That's like that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, certainly seen a lot in this neighborhood.
1: What, what was the moment, though, um, that you knew that you wanted to get in? And then what's the moment kind of that you knew that you wanted to, um, to join
2: on with, with your prestigious, your dad's team? So I think I always had a pretty good idea that this is what I wanted to do. I touched on it earlier, but it, it's the area I grew up in, and it's it's mm-hmm. just something that I've loved. And I, I always knew I was going to be in sales um, before I went full time. I was actually selling tickets for the Phoenix Suns. Oh wow. At that time, we won eleven games, so <laughs> a little bit tougher job than uh, the last few years. But I was I was really enjoying that. And unfortunately, there was a team member of ours. Um, his name was Bob Bullock, who I know, you Sean, Mm -hmm. who was diagnosed with cancer. And when I was going to come over to the Java group, it was always going to be, all right, there's a purpose for this. It's not, there's going to be an opening or it's going to be a time that makes sense. And they called me in the middle of work one day and said, Hey, there's something we need to talk to you about. Um, Bob is going to have to go into treatment. We either need to hire someone or we're ready to roll. And I Left lunch, walked into my boss's office and said, I appreciate everything you've done. I've really enjoyed this job, but it, it's time to go to work. Interesting. And it was a no-brainer.
1: Now, that's interesting. That, that's a little back story that I never knew on that respect. But, but it wasn't just a um, Jonah, get out of college. All right, we're going to start real estate. It was we're, when the opportunity creates itself, um, you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you want to join the team. Um, but, yeah you know there's there's not just a job waiting for you at the moment
2: well i, I feel very fortunate that I walked into an incredibly well built brand, mm-hmm. so when I joined, I wanted to make sure I was bringing true value and you're right when you graduate college, there's times where you just don't have that same value, so I did an internship in commercial real estate and then I went and got my butt kicks on uh tickets for the Suns working on week. <laughs> And then we're really, like, all right. I felt at that time I was ready for it, and it really has been a pretty smooth transition. Um, it's it's been wonderful selling a product that people actually enjoy or are excited about versus at the time trying to sell tickets, trying to convince people to buy tickets to a team that was at the bottom of the league is it's very different. So.
1: Uh. You know, I remember a time too. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, but going to, to Veteran Memorial Coliseum, and, and you used to be able to go to the Suns game, and then I, there would be nobody in the upper deck, and you could run up and down the the, the steps uh, and basically choose any seat that you wanted in the upper deck. Um, and and fortunately, the Suns have been better than that. But it does sound like a challenge through those those drier years, shall we say?
2: Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, it taught me a lot, and I think it those skills translated to real estate without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I would say that you're probably a, a smarter man than I at that point, where you recognize the opportunity that you had. Um, you know, I personally had a um, a father that was uh, that was an entrepreneur and successful in his field too, and I chose to go on a different path because that wasn't for me at the time. And there are times that I've looked back and not necessarily regret, because we're carving out our own path, but. Um, it probably would have been the uh, a path of least resistance, um, and so I commend you on on recognizing the opportunity that you had on you.
2: Um, I think that's an interesting. Sorry, cut you no, off there. please jump in. It's an interesting point you make, because that something about real estate that I find specifically enjoyable is that there isn't. Yes, there's a brand that built that has been incredibly helpful to my business. With that being said, there's not really anything, it's not something you hand down. It's not like that. And real estate, you're only as good as the deals you bring to the table and the only as good as stuff you provide. So that to me was especially enticing that I really could carve out my own lane. This is an advantage, this is going to help, but you got to go to work. You know, it's not just like things are going to fall into your lap. And it was really important to me to have that because I do have a passion for sales and real estate there's plenty of ups and downs in it so it's an interesting point you brought up
1: so what does it look like um what are some activities that that you partake in that helps you to carve out some uniqueness within your the brand that you've created because you're right um just because you have um you know the team name in front of you doesn't mean that you have a full pipeline of of people knocking down the door or looking to buy because um, everybody's always continuing to work
2: yeah um, I try to do a lot of volunteering so mm-hmm. that has helped. Um, I'm a part of a charity group that that's definitely been a benefit right you know it's 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 helping the community but it's also networking so I do as much as I can in terms of the networking opportunities I think the biggest thing was it's open houses it's finding ways to market it's it's taking advantage of all the different opportunities you can find and understanding that there's certain things that have been done that work for the group, but that stuff's already in place. So it's like, what right. are you going to do? Where are you going to find different opportunities? So I think it's like uh, I'll tell you a good area is like the Arcadia Light area, that Biltmore area. There was hasn't been a ton of marketing over there. And that was an area that I go, okay, so this is where I live. This is where I understand this area. This is how these are the people I need to talk to. Yeah. So it's going to Biltmore tour, it's things like that.
1: So did you take and apply some of the same methodologies that that has created the success in Arcadia and then ship them over to those other areas of opportunity?
2: Absolutely. And I I really do think besides that, the biggest tool has been networking and meeting people at volunteer events.
1: Yeah. Um, And are you, you know, certainly probably the... Largest marketing push right now is to use social media in the um, in the real estate or the realtors um, arsenal.
2: Are you heavy in social media? Is your group heavy in social media? Uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. I yeah. it's not a comfortable thing for many people. Yeah, I'll be the first person to admit that uh, I I find it quite uncomfortable at times. And I I don't know what about it is, but I think that's how a lot of people feel. So it's something that my business coach and I talk about a lot. And Mm. I would say that I am much heavier than I was at one point. And I'm continuing to post more and more content because there's no question that's the future. Right. It is. Um, But I think for, and I have conversations with agents and a lot of people that there's a way to be genuine about it and a way to post the right content Without coming off as cheesy, Um, so I think that that's sort of the mix. I don't know. It's the that's a long way to say I'm working on it. Uh, Yeah, I post. I post a decent amount, but I could definitely post more.
1: Well, it's easy to overshare, and it's also easy for some people to not do it. And so I think I think it's um, interesting that you're intentional about that um, and trying to get better whatever that looks like for you um without crossing over them oh sorry we
2: don't do a ton of it you don't and meaning that it's just different you know when they with the this group got into the business that wasn't a thing there's no question that the younger generation knows how to work these apps easier and social media networks that's just part of it So our group does it, but not as much as I would say they would if the group started today. And that's something I've realized and go, okay, I got to do this.
1: Yeah. So you put that on your shoulders and and kind of move it or drive the group moving forward with the the use of your social media as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you certainly certainly do send a newsletter, which I actually look forward to looking out because you open it up and there's... Obviously, a number of very pretty and prestigious houses um, that are yeah. for sale, um, and that that's with regular, reasonably regular consistency as well.
2: Yeah. So um, that's uh, my mom is actually a marketing director, and yeah. she really is she's the brains behind this whole thing. Yeah. As much like to, if we're being honest with ourselves, and <laughs> she's really the one that has built this, and is it, she's a genius when it comes to that stuff. Wow, and that's phenomenal for a long time. People do not realize how much she does behind the scenes. That's for sure. That's really incredible. Yeah.
1: Um, let me go back to a little bit, which caught me uh, something by surprise. But tell me about your relationship with your your business coach. Um, you know, where did you find a business coach, and and um, what does a uh, meetings look like with regularity, and what are you looking to accomplish while while working a business coach? And I know that's a lot of questions at once, but
2: um. yeah. But it, honestly, it kind of all wraps into one. About a year ago, I had, for what I think is a really good year, you know, and my business had continued to progress and I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself and having conversations with other people and go, okay, how do you continue to do this? Because the worst thing you want to do is get complacent, right? And Mm -hmm. say, I had a good year last year. I don't need to do anything different. Right. Uh, And someone recommended that I look into Tom Ferry. So I looked into Tom Ferry. And it it really was something I was interested in. So now what I do is I meet with the business coach through the Tom Ferry Network uh, once a week for about a half an hour. And we talk about a wide variety of things, whether it's marketing to just what's going on with deals to where's your head at. Um, And it has made a huge difference in my career, not only from a numbers standpoint, but just from a getting outside your box, um, getting outside your comfort zone. I think it's very easy to, Get stuck in a zone and especially when you're newer and you're coming up and this has been it, it's been huge
1: wow, that's really interesting yeah um and you're not talking about state of the market or or specifically ways to to pitch that, but are you talking ways to stay mo uh
2: stay motivated keep the momentum going um, it's everything it's there's days that we talk about okay this is the I'll talk to him about the newsletter I'm sending out, but it's to, how are you feeling right now? All right. You just got a couple of deals done. What's in your pipeline? Where's your head at? Like, how are you going to stay? How are we going to go get the next ones? Because the truth is he's also a realtor out in Colorado, but he Uh doesn't, he doesn't know my area. What he knows is how to talk to me about to kind of keep me moving forward, to keep me getting out of my comfort zone and trying new things, whether that's marketing or whatever it is. And, So the biggest thing I would say is it's just what is important that week? There's something we say before each meeting. It's go, what's the biggest thing we need to discuss in this 30 minutes? If there's only one thing to talk about, what is that going to be? And that it varies every week. It really does.
1: And are you preparing for the week or for the meeting that week? Or is it just kind of fly by the seat of the pants when, when you get on, you're like this really bugging me or, or what have you.
2: I try to prepare as much as possible. I mean, because the truth is it's, I'm the one paying for it, right? And I'm the one right. doing this. Like this is about my career. Like we're we talk about each other's careers, but this this is about what I'm going to do to move forward. So it's who. It's a waste of time if you're not taking it seriously and you're not doing it that way. So yeah. yeah so yeah. I spend a good amount of time preparing each week to make so sure what, that that's the time.
1: Yeah, you know what you're going to ask when when you get on yeah. the phone and 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 the regularity of that that question probably um, certainly helps to to motivate not direct the conversations yeah kind of i was looking for yeah. um so based on that do you i mean do they help you from being stuck or being un- unmotivated because let's be honest the market's changed a little bit and and what went from you know uh, deals flying the brakes have been put on a little bit as well uh and i think in in slower times it's pretty easy to get unmotivated um, or to look in a different direction or or what have you um so does that coach help you keep
2: in line too? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the market it it went pretty much overnight from I'm giving up my firstborn child to get this house to now you gotta go to work. And I yeah. think one that's been really helpful with the business coach and the other realtors I talked to is this is when you show why you're good at your job.
1: Right. Because the
2: market the interest rates are up and the market shifted a little bit, but our market's not going anywhere. And it's yeah. not like seeing crazy massive price reductions unless houses were grossly overpriced. I mean, this is just when it's time to show how you know what you're doing. And when you had at one point almost four times the amount of realtors that there were houses on the market, what's bound to happen. Yeah. Four times the amount of realtors in the state there were houses on the market. You're bound to have some agents that aren't, whether they, they're not making money or they choose a different career path and, I think it's how do you stay motivated and how do you be the ones that stick around and continue to do business? And one thing that that's been helpful in talking to the coach, but just not only my attitude about it is now it's time to go to work. Now's the fun part because you get yeah. to show what differentiates you and why you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that, that makes sense. The negotiations back on the table, um, the creativity of deals structure outside of giving everything away is kind of back on the table. Um, you know, seeing where trends are moving is kind of back on the table, too, where six months ago it
2: was um, stand in line and put a number in, right? Yeah. You know, basically, it was pretty wild. But you're supposed to be able to go home and have a conversation with your husband or wife and your kids and say, does this house make sense? Yeah. Are we making the right move? I mean, that's what healthy is. Well, let's yeah. discuss a life altering event and let's make sure we're making the right decision. So I um, actually like what's happened. Yeah. But there's no question that it's easy to get stuck in a rut, especially when it's a lot of agents haven't had the experience of not that market. Right. So that's kind of how you get in that rut. And I think that just keeping yourself honest and understanding that.
1: What do, you, um, what do you see as the next path for the market? I mean, we're starting to trend down um, and we're entering into the, well, a little bit past the beginning of Q4 and we're heading into the holidays. Um, yeah. You know, with your, with your crystal ball as you're looking at it, what do you <laughs> expect something to, yeah. to happen for the next few months?
2: I think that we're actually coming into our peak season. So I, I feel really good about where the Arizona market's going to go. We're still, I mean, Maricopa County has been the fastest growing county in the country for quite a few years now. So there just isn't enough inventory to to match, I'm sorry, those people that are coming here. Mm -hmm. So I feel good about it. What I think is going to happen is October's already been busier than previous months. Mm -hmm. So it picked up, and I think it's going to continue to pick up through November. The holidays will slow down a little bit as they usually do with Thanksgiving Christmas, all that stuff. It's just kind of normal. But once January hits, I think we're going to be right back in it. We've got the Super Bowl coming here. Again, there's waste management. I mean, there's, those are two huge events and it's a very desirable place to live. Agreed. You have a ton of people and there's a ton of people that didn't find the house that either stopped putting in offers because they were competing with 25 other people or just didn't find that right house. So those people are there and with interest rates rising, it's going to cause more people to sell, I think, because they don't want to totally miss out. So I think our market's actually in a really good spot, and I feel good about it. Interesting.
1: You know, you're not you're not the first person in this this span of about a week that have said a, or reiterated basically exactly what you said in there. So I think yeah. that's pretty interesting and and confirming.
2: Um, Important to look at it from a historical point of like, there's people that had their first ever interest rate at 2.6 <laughs> percent. It's not normal. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not always going to be like that. So no,
1: it's not and, and it may not be again, you know, they say it never is a long time, but it may not be like that or that close again for a long time. But, but I appreciate you taking an optimistic look, because it's, like I said, it's really easy to, to get caught up in a lot of the noise. Um, you know, you open Yahoo or Yahoo. Um, some sort of news source and there's 10 articles about the housing market shifting. Well, that's, that's a large U.S. as a, um, as a big picture, but where you have a micro focus in Arizona, and there's a lot of things going on here that are, that are really going to benefit um, our economy one and then our housing market too. Uh, yeah.
2: Especially the luxury market. It's fairly insulated. And even during the major recession, it was Arcadia and Paradise Valley did Everywhere I got hurt. There's no way to deny that. Did better right. than most places, so. though.
1: Yeah. Tell me about your relationship outside of your coach with uh some of your mentors. Uh I would have, have to imagine you have some yeah. inherently in your group. Um, and then maybe you have that ability to have that relationship with your father, maybe not. Um, and and do you have any outside of your group as well?
2: Yeah, I would say uh I feel very fortunate to I've got a few mentors, but the First is my dad. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's rare to be able to confidently say he's the best in the business and has been for almost thirty years. But it's the truth, and if you look at the numbers, he he is. So it's been wonderful being able to learn from him. And one thing I learned quickly was shut up and not like just watch. And by watching, you can learn so much. So I I would say that him and I are super close outside of work. And very close in, in inside work as well. Um, yeah. Along those lines, and I know there's a guy you know very well. His name's Andrew Melman. Mm-hmm. He's a member of our team. He's been in the business a long time, and he was very good at teaching me certain things when it comes to communication. Mm-hmm. So some of my dad's strengths are not Andrew's, and some of Andrew's strengths are certainly not my dad's. And those assets, it, it's been very helpful to talk to Andrew, um, just to run things by him, and he's been. He's been very good. And we've become good friends outside of work as well. Sure. Um, I would say there's still some people I talk to within the Suns, a little bit that are helpful. And then there's just other realtors as well. Hmm. But the two biggest people that I would say I talk to the most would be Andrew and my dad. They help in very different ways.
1: Yeah. I like that you're able to differentiate when you need, you know, to go To your dad as a business leader, or go to to Andrew or go somewhere else as a business leader, too, to look to advice. Um, because it'd be easy to go straight to your dad, um, but sometimes that's not the
2: best learning tool for you. That's pretty cool. Uh, observation you you get a different opinion, yeah. You know, sometimes it's, um, and I guess along those lines, some I forgot. there's a guy that I worked with right out of school. Um, that he owns Red Development. And his name's Scott Rehorn. And he was very helpful initially and is still a guy that I can take out to lunch and just bounce ideas through. And he's insanely successful on the commercial side. But when we talk, it's less about what to do with how, when it comes to actually selling houses and just more of where are you as a human right now? Like, where are you in terms of your motivation? And he's he's been very good about that too. So I think the important thing is finding people that kind of hit all your different buckets and understanding where people's strengths are and what's best for you. It sounds, Oh, sorry. No.
1: It sounds to me like um, a lot of those relationships you have uh, with your mentors, with your coach, that you have people that are um, challenging you to do better. Is that
2: accurate? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, very fortunate that way. Do
1: they help to um, create or develop structure in your life or, or your schedule, I should say, as as opposed to specifically your life, but um, do they help to guide you to create uh, some, some sort of defined or, or refined schedule to keep your
2: business moving forward? Certainly. Uh, I, I would say they do. And then I kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm a part of a charity group. It's called the Escaza Saguaros. And it's, mm-hmm. Guys within that club, really it's, it's a bunch of guys between the ages of 20 and 40. Yeah. and we're, It's something we emphasize on because they true, we're all very good friends. It's holding each other accountable. And I think it's important because of that question you just asked where it's like, we're all understand that, yes, there's stuff you're doing within work, but make sure you're continuing to move forward. Make sure that you're spending time doing the right things and you're around people that are making you better. That to me is the biggest thing when it comes to scheduling is being around people that make you better. And also when other people have positive stuff going on, you want to have that. When you see someone else who's super organized and you can see what it's doing for their career, you're so much more likely to adapt to certain ideas. Wow. So I give a well, lot okay. of the guys in the club.
1: I appreciate that. I I mean I certainly appreciate that you're you're looking to other sources for. Um, inspiration. I mean, a lot of. I get asked a number of times. Um, you know, do you know what inspection company A is doing? Inspection company B is doing. And I oftentimes say, no, I have no clue what they're doing. Um, I know what generally the market is doing, but I'm looking for other businesses for inspiration. And that's similar to me, or similar to the observation that I'm seeing in you as well, is that is that you're looking to other resources to to develop um, the strength of your own business. It um, sounds like you found networks to help you challenge them too.
2: Well, I think you guys have always been really good about that. Yeah. Um, I will say, because I've used you pretty much exclusively since I got into the business. And yeah. One thing you always do is you ask. One, it's crazy to me how people don't ask. And I ask clients, what can I do to be better? Just because yeah. you've been happy, that doesn't mean that no one does a perfect job. So I think you guys are very good about that. Which are just asking how can we improve? You know? Yeah. And then when it's not you, what are my guys doing? What are they doing well? Yeah. What are they better at? And I think it's an important skill to be on, to be honest with yourself, you have to hear what others think. Yeah. I huh. gave you guys a ton of credit for that.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's just the pursuit to grow as a um Respected business and not necessarily one that's a mimic of of another one. Um, which let me ask you too. Like um, part of your business is develop long long term client relationships, right? Um, it's great to have somebody or use somebody once, but um, the old marketing adage is is if you use somebody the easiest client to to get is one that you've already served, right? So how do you sustain and develop these long term uh, business relationships too?
2: I think it's just trying to stay top of mind with communication, Yeah, that it's not always, you know, you, you want to be, listen, you're not going to be best friends with every client, but you okay. do want to be friendly. And I think it's important to just ask how people are doing, make sure it's more than just, Hey, do you like your house? Are you interested in selling your house? That's not what people want. They want to know that you have their best interests in you have their best, best interests in mind. And so what I try to do is I try to stay top of mind. I try to stay in contact with people. I try to work with people that I like, and that I have good relationships with. Um, I think I appreciate my clients. So I'll take certain clients out to dinner. I'll invite certain clients to events, to sporting events. I, you know, I think it's just, there's a bunch of different things you do, but it's, it's, it's more than just, all right, you, you called me or I called you and you're going to start looking for a house on this day. Your house closes on this day let's not talk until you're ready to sell again or to buy again
1: yeah cuz anybody could do that
2: yeah wow and then when you're trying to get new clients i mean obviously it's it's marketing but it's this is a referral business so your clients got to like you
1: yeah are you picking up the phone do you have a certain amount of dials that you're doing every day or or a week or is is that structure that the coach has created in you
2: yeah i have a crm and it sort of that that reminds me of certain people to call anniversaries of things and whether house houses are sold or just stuff like that. But a lot of it is I, I try to, I try to be pretty diligent about it and understand make myself remembered. you know, yeah. CRM has been, there's no question. The CRM's huge.
1: Yeah. I mean that it's kind of the old school technique, right? To pick up the phone and call, but in reality, it's probably the most impactful, you know, I mean, you, we, we discussed social media a little bit and sure that's the future. But I, well, quite honestly, I probably follow 2,000 real estate agents, and I could see that most of them are kind of doing the same thing on social media. So, um, a differentiation or a point of differentiation would easily be to send a text, um, but better just to pick up the phone and call. Or answer your phone. Yeah. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or, that or answer too. your phone. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what are some other things that you do? Do you have like a morning routine that you follow um, to keep you motivated and get you uh, out and about in the day? And that way you're making the most of your time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I try to, I can't say it's a percent in tech. I think we all try to, but I mean, I try to wake up fairly early. That's probably my favorite time in the morning, honestly, is that sort of I'll take my dog for a walk, check some fantasy football get the day going. um, (laughs) to get a little workout in and then get the day going business wise but i i found that it's really important to have something besides work that you're that you're doing in the morning
1: yeah i would yeah certainly agree i mean you have plenty of time you have eight to ten to to twelve hours to think about work as you're as you're um getting on your day um and to have that little bit of moment moment of peace can certainly um Add a lot of clarity to the rest of your day, uh, in my
2: opinion. Especially when you're in an in industry like real estate, where your busiest days are Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So the phone never. There's really never. All right, I'm. Like I did just go out of town for the weekend, but that. that I mean, that's. Those are the rare opportunities where, you're like, hey, and you're still answering the phone. I mean, that, but you just you have to. Yeah. You are always on the clock people when someone wants to see a house you got to be prepared that's something i learned very quickly and told and uh, i I think in an industry like that when you truly work seven days a week every day of the year you have to be prepared and find other things that make you happy yeah that's
1: interesting well the nice thing about being um you know uh, relatively uh Free entrepreneur. Let's not say free because you do have to go sh- show the house. But you know, if you needed to take a, a Monday afternoon off or a sure. Monday morning off, and you could push some things around on your schedule, then then you have the ability to create that, um, which is pretty cool. It's it's kind of nice to be able to have a little bit of that freedom during the middle of the week when the rest of the world is work uh, off on the weekend and you're working on the weekend. Yeah, I love my job because of
2: that. I mean, that, yeah. I think it's the greatest job in the world, and a lot of it has to do with creating your own schedule. So. There's yeah. Certainly, pro.
1: Um, are there any book recommendations that you have that that kind of uh, also help you to fall in line and not fall in line? That's not right, but help you to um, grow.
2: How should I say that? I truthfully, I'm looking for book recommendations. Are so, you having <laughs> it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, when I read, I listen to audiobooks, and I listen yeah. to a lot of like um, action and like spy books. But I have not done a kind of, um, I don't even know, I guess business, because it's not self-help, it's business books. And I haven't, I haven't dipped into that realm yet, but it's something that I know I, I would like to.
1: So, well, then that, uh, that just piqued my interest. So when I um, left Hawaii and then lived in Seattle for a year, and I was unemployed for the first um, four or five months that we lived in Seattle, and we only lived there a year. Um, And I was looking to do uh, kind of a major career change. uh, And I was trying to, I was doing some self-discovery, to be honest. Um, And I would wake up and then I would walk down to the Seattle library, um, which is, if you've ever been there, it's this beautiful building. It's like 14 stories tall. um, And it was donated by Bill Gates and Paul Allen. I mean, it's, it's a crown jewel of the city. And I would walk down there and I would walk into the business section and I would, um, I would pick out two three books, and then I would listen to a podcast as I was walking back home. Um, and then I would read the books and, and kind of rinse and repeat and start learning. And so um, I have some that I fell in love with, um, you know, the immutable, or sorry, influence, um, which is the psychology of persuasion by a PhD at ASU, Robert, Robert Cialdini. Um The 22 immutable laws of marketing, those are old books. Um, the one of the most important ones that I have is how to win friends and influence people. And I study that one almost every year. i heard about that one quite a bit. It's absolutely outstanding. Um, and then a good kind of the Bible to the business book is, um, uh, darn it, The name's escaping me right now. Um, Michael Gerber, um, the e-myth revisited, um, and that's along the same lines as Gary Keller's, the one. Um, which you may be familiar with, too, which is a, another yeah, creating cool. structure and creating a group within your business. Yeah. Um, and those are just kind of off the cuff, top business books. And after you've gone kind of through those, what I call those the Bible, um, you know, after you go through those, and you can start to listen to different ones. And there's different variations of, of say, business books that kind of help keep you in line. Um, but those are really, really good oh. books. Um, and I often go To half price books pick up all of those books and then try and give them away too um so if you get one in your stocking this year don't be surprised I'll pick those up for sure yeah (laughs) I brought up podcasts
2: Uh, so the business coach through it's called the business is called Tom Ferry and Uh Tom actually has a podcast that's unbelievable yeah he brings some of the best agents in the country and talks about a lot of different things so I do listen to that quite a bit
1: uh, is that, that's as you're driving around, as you're kind of getting a little workout in, yeah. just whatever. I, it's
2: interesting. I was talking to a buddy about this the other day that I don't feel like I listen to music in the car as much anymore. I don't. It's all podcasts. So whether it's uh, science podcast, sports podcast, Tom Ferry business podcast, it's just, it's honestly, I feel like it's 90% podcast at this point. See, that's interesting that you brought that up because
1: I thought I I was just getting old and out of touch with uh, with new <laughs> and modern music and like you hear these artists and I'm like who is that? But the reality is the same. Like I don't listen to radio and I don't listen to music. I listen to podcasts or Audible. Um, yeah, and and most of the podcasts uh, are not specifically industry driven, but, you know, how businesses are built. And um, there's one that's a great one, which is the um, Tommy Mello, the A1 garage door, and it talks about his development of a business through a service industry into um, they're like a $150 million a year garage door business at the moment. It's pretty wild.
2: Yeah. It's podcasts have become a very cool, with the ways some of these were built. It's been, there's a whole lot to learn.
1: Yeah. It's pretty interesting too, because you always feel like you know the person. And I wonder if you actually met him and you'd be like, you'd have to differentiate. Like, I actually don't know this person. They're just right. in right my ears. I just listened to
2: you twice yeah. a week.
1: And they they can become, so if you ever met Tom Ferry, you'd have to draw that line be like, I know you, but you don't know me yet.
2: I just had that. I met him for the first time. <laughs> I had this defense and it was just pretty funny. do like you a, gone to I it? Talk a lot, yeah. So I went to one, they actually had one in Arizona. A couple of weeks back, um, that I went to. That was cool.
1: Tell me about that experience. There's so a lot of people there, and you you leave there with new ideas. seven hundred,
2: um, It was down by the Coyote Stadium in Glendale. Uh-huh. It's called Brent. Um, and it was basically just going over a lot of different things, but it was two days of discussing everything from your 20 year plan, your 10 year plan to what do you need? What are people doing today? It's different. How are you going to differentiate yourself? I do want to continue to strive to be better. That is the biggest thing I, I picked up. And it's no matter where you are, I always feel like it's the people that are truly good at what they do are continually striving to be better. Yeah. That's good and advice. All, all sure. right? I mean, it's the world changes, whether it's personal, whether it's business, things are changing and it's adapting to it. Um, yeah. One thing I heard someone talk about that I thought was super interesting was, You hear a lot of people discuss, all right, when business is down, I put a journal together. Or I start start writing, what am I doing now? You don't hear a ton of people talking about when things are going really well. What am I doing today? So that's something I've been trying to do. And I thought was an interesting point is, all right, so if you write when things are going well, and then you're in that down period, look at what you wrote six months ago. What were you doing then that maybe you're not doing now? That's pretty
1: interesting. Yeah. I, I think the reality of that too is is that people forget that, at least specifically in our business, the marketing that we're doing today will pay off in three months, three four months, something like that. Um, and it's probably similar in your business, you know, uh, unless you catch a deal here and there. But the market that, marketing that you're doing pays into the future. Um, if you're not paying attention to that when it's busy when you hit the slower patches, you're going to have much slower patches. So it's really important to always be marketing and always be networking and creating those opportunities. Um, and it's, marketing is the easiest to turn off when it gets really busy because it, you just take
2: it for granted. So first uh, thing that goes is people want to stop spending money, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing things back now too. that I think are gonna, I'm hoping will be a beneficial 20 years from now. Yeah. I mean, that's, some of my, like for example, um, we do bus stops. Uh-huh. It's not like I'm, I put the bus stop, and then I got a call the next day from someone saying, "Hey, I want to buy or sell the house." But it's top of mind. It's, sure. it's that person who drives to work every day, and who knows, they might be ready to move six years from now and say, "For the last six years, I've seen your face." Yeah, having to work. You're the person yeah. I thought of. You're one of the people I thought of, and that's uh, 20 years from now, 30 years from whatever it is. And, I think if you're in an industry you want to be in and you don't plan on leaving, you have to look long-term and understand you it. Like you just said, I mean, I can, I know the brand you guys have built in a fairly short amount of time since you've been out here, but you're doing stuff that I'm sure tr- you did year one that's now paying off quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been coaching on, they always call it stackables and you just start with one little thing and you get really good at that one little thing so that it just starts to automate. And then you add another thing on it and and you know, I often say that we don't do much marketing, but in the reality that from start to finish, a lot of the stuff that we do is differentiating marketing. Um, so you take for granted. So it, one day you'll forget that you're still doing the bus stops, and and then it's going to hit or pop, and then it's still just a top of mind thing. I I know exactly where to find you when I'm driving down the street. I can
2: I can wave at the bus stop. And was and, uh, like graffitiing my signs.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> definitely i uh i have another uh friend and agent that we work with that i i that i've encouraged him to go out and graffiti his own signs too because it'll bring more attention to the sign itself
2: it's not a bad point
1: yeah right it's all about attention
2: yeah
1: um we have to shift a little bit into it because you know um, we are a home inspection business and i all value your opinion currently but um, what are some things that you you really like about home inspections?
2: What do I like about home inspections? That's sure. a it's a load of question as a realtor because oftentimes they um they're not the greatest things in the world. Yeah. I would say I think they're incredibly important. it's getting a home inspection and when you're talking to clients about it, especially clients that don't understand the home purchasing or selling process all that much. Uh-huh. You need to know what you're buying. So it is as vital of a tool as there is in this industry. Uh, Where I think that you guys specifically are good is understanding the goal of it. Sometimes you get um, practice team All-Americans or whatever you want to call them that come in and try to point out, your job is to point out as much as you possibly can, but point out every little thing and sometimes make bigger deals out of things than they really are. And I think it's really refreshing when I know, like I said, you guys have done a great job with this is when you're talking to someone and you're saying, Hey, this is my opinion on it. This is what's actually going down. Is it something that I think should stop you from buying the house? No, but it's just something to keep an eye on. There's no reason you can't, you know? And on the other end, I've, we've had clients where it's like, Hey, this is a really big deal. And what you don't want is the client to call you. I don't know, six months, a year later and say, all right, well now, my house is falling apart. Why didn't I know about this? Right. So I think that's probably the best thing is that when you, like we trust the work you do. Thank you. You guys specifically. stiff. So when you trust a home inspector, it makes the purchase process and selling process that much easier because I know my clients are in good hands mm-hmm. and that they're, they're going to learn what they need to know about the house.
1: Right. Yeah, that I mean,
2: probably it, the best thing, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not always an easy conversation, but it's the right conversation. Yeah. All right, here comes the the other loaded question. <laughs> what do you like the
2: least about it? Um I think we do a lot of uh, we're, we represent sellers a lot of the time. Yeah. There are times where I don't always agree. And I I touched on it a little bit, but it's that person that comes in and tries to almost insert themselves into things that aren't needed. Uh-huh. And make a huge deal out of something that just isn't there. So that's probably my least favorite part. When that one when deal blows up because of that, and then there's always the, um, yeah, the whether it's the father or whoever, the grandpa, whatever it is. There's always that person that comes very <laughs> often and to tell the home inspector what how to do their job. Yeah, I was at an inspection. A couple of months ago where they got into an argument and the inspector was like, I appreciate what you're saying. You're paying me for a reason. <laughs> I promise I, yeah, I'm doing this to help. Uh, so that's probably my least favorite part.
1: The uh, That joke and those memes, of course, have really caught steam over the last six months or so. It's been pretty funny to watch that develop. Um, I zag on that a little bit uh, where where others would, would kind of say that. I I think that everybody in the transaction is looking out for the best interest of the clients um, when it's a wholehearted transaction. And I think that um, parents are looking out for the best interest of their, their kids, too. Um, yeah. And so while it can certainly be frustrating um, and could certainly be overbearing, um, I think it's nice that they're looking out for their children. And so I, I try and remember that at that moment. Um, when, you know, I want to have that burst of frustration at the the parent.
2: Uh, (laughs) We do quite a few double-sided deals as well. Yeah. Um, And when you're doing a double-sided deal, it's important to make sure that both parties understand that you are looking at an interest of both of them and you're not not a one-sided thing. So along those lines, it's incredibly important to have an inspection company you trust that knows what they're doing, that understands that there's more to this than just I, I'm i going to come in here and no, I don't think anyone ever comes in and says I'm trying to screw up a deal mm-hmm. but understands that all right the realtor recommended me a lot of this times here they're putting me in this position and I have to understand their position there as well
1: yeah for sure yeah I mean there's there's a lot of uh, it's a it's a highly emotive moment in the transaction um, and we try and you know present the information and and allow people the opportunity to correct it if that makes sense yeah. like just because a roof's gone doesn't mean that it's a bad house um and and if you tell somebody you know the roof is the roof shot it's got to be replaced uh yada, yada yada that might be true but it shouldn't specifically kill the deal because maybe the seller's willing to replace the roof or maybe who knows you know you and I right. talk about the sliding
2: doors all the time. I yeah, go,
1: yeah, the uh, bar doors. It's
2: supposed to be that piece of wood behind the metal on the, um, when you actually drill it in. Yeah. And it's my, that is my least favorite part about homes. <laughs> no houses have them. And it's always an item. And they're like, what is this? i like, it's not a big deal. It's not. They just, there's a piece of wood. But you guys are good about that.
1: Right? I hate it's, to tell you, but I saw one yesterday and I thought of you. And there were <laughs> there were two barn doors and one had it, one didn't. <laughs> Drives me <make> crazy. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate your candidness in this. Um, and I certainly want to be respectful of your time. Um, so I appreciate you spending time with me talking about you and your business and how it's developed. I'm without um, question impressed how you've gone past the... Um, specifically the relationship and mentorship of your dad and, and seeked out further education within the industry and within your community to to continue to grow your business so that it can stand on its own. Um, Cause I think that's, I think that's really important for longevity and I think that's really important for success. Um, so I wanted to congratulate you on that. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, that's cool. Um outside of the bus stops that we're going to graffiti later this afternoon, <laughs> where can people find
2: you? Social media. So Instagram, um, you can find us at, at our Instagram handles are at the Joffe group. And then mine is just Jonah underscore Jaffe. Um, you'll find me on TikTok, Twitter, so Instagram, Facebook, all over, um, try to do mailers. So hopefully a, lot, a few of these people will begin a postcard sometime soon. Yeah, recognize it from the podcast. Um, high school stadiums, like you know, school stadiums, things like that, kind of all over. But yeah, go to our website, joffiegroup, com. You can yeah. see what we have available right now and kind of learn a bit about our group. We, we really awesome. do enjoy working with people that are excited about real estate and our clients are really like family. So, And that's
1: what's led to your success.
2: Congratulations on that. And we love it with well as well. I mean, you guys have been, like I said, I worked almost exclusively with you since you got into this and you guys have been nothing but the best. So thank you, Jonah. We appreciate yeah. that.
0: Thank you for listening to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. For the latest episodes, please subscribe and be sure to follow Dwell Inspect Arizona on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. To contact Dwell Inspect Arizona, call us at 480-867-4599. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, email our team at office at